When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Whitrow. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume, along with Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow. Many of you confuse the two of us. You <laughs> confuse and think that one's the other. I'll tell you, Jonathan Hutton is the one with the beard and the deeper voice. <laughs> I'm the one who went to UT and loves talking about the Vols, especially when they are 7-0. and But we're going to start today's show by talking Titans after a huge AFC South win over the weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. And as always, our first Titan segment presented by Two Rivers Ford. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside of Nashville in Mount Juliet. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right. They treat you like family. You're always going to get the best price I know because me and my family, we've been buying from Two Rivers Ford for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free, 800-900-1000. That's 800-900-1000. So how about those Titans? 0-2 start, winners of four straight Hutton. They win again, but we're starting to see a consistent theme with this team and how they're winning and really how they must win at this point in time. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, Chad, it's – it's something they should not apologize for because they're they're winning games, right? They continue to do this. But at some point, we have to look at their reflection in the mirror, you and I on this podcast, and think, is this sustainable? And while they're at four and two, they come off the bye week and, and win yet again, there are reasons to point to, yes, it's sustainable right now in the regular season, and reasons to look ahead and be like, man, this is – this is going to come back to bite them at some point whenever they face some of these teams at the top. And there's not many at the top of the AFC in the postseason. We but Here's the thing, though. They have full control of the AFC South. That's all they can do at this point. They have the best coach in the division by far. And that's, to me, the game plan this past Sunday against the Colts won them the game. I felt like they had the book on Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts offense. I don't know how you felt about it. The first interception. Uh, I agree. The first interception where Matt Ryan on third down is looking for Paris Campbell, who doesn't turn around. Andrew Adams steps in. He had been picked up five weeks ago. Same day as Terrence Mitchell, who also made a play late in this game. They have been coached. They have been prepared. They have repped that play. And he stepped in front of that pass knowing that Ryan was going to look for Campbell to cut the route off instead of go out and up. And it was perfection. Pick six. And that, that, that changes the game. It makes it, instead of a, a drive where they're going down, potentially to either tie or make it seven to three, 
it's 10 nothing early Titans. And that's an example of Rabel and his coaching staff getting what needs to be done defensively to sustain the inept ability to put up anything on the scoreboard in the second half. It's mind-numbing offensively right now. That's just how they have to win. They win one way. And right now, their one way is through solid defense, really good special teams play, and not turning the football over. But what Vrabel doesn't mention is they're out coaching the other sideline. And that, to me, is the real reason why they've won four games in a row. Their lone touchdown of the day was from the former UConn Husky on the pick six and Andrew Adams. Totally with you on the coaching advantage right now, especially within this division with Mike Vrabel. But Hunt, another thing that's going to make this team successful is pass rush. We saw it a year ago. Pass rush is stepping up. Big money players for the Titans also have been great. It's odd to say they've been good, but for the Titans team to get anywhere near where the fan base wants them to go in the playoffs, they almost have to be otherworldly good. They have to play outside of their own bodies in some levitated state in order for the Titans to truly improve this season. But so far, so good with some of their big money guys. Well, and and the big money guys that we're talking about specifically today, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, and Danico Autry. Those are the three that I'm focused on right now because – I, I thought they they were excellent in this game. Danico Autry is always fired up to play the Colts. He's always making plays. He is a ra- he is he is disruptive. They're getting their hands up on snaps. You know they're batting passes down. Bud Dupree, I felt like from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, Chad had his best game as a Tennessee Titan, and he got it. Uh, Autry had a couple sacks. Dupree is affecting the quarterback on plays, even on the blitz that was intercepted um, that we just talked about by Adams. You know, he's 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 also Hutton, I think, unique for this Titans defense in his skill set and different things that he can do. And I'm with you. He popped on Sunday more than I've seen him pop so far as a Titan. Well, think about what. So they're doing this without Landry. Think about what they could be doing with Landry on the opposite side. Like I was thinking about that this week. No Landry, no problem so far. They, they right now, um, the, the defense in 2020, let's just compare the, the great offense in 2020, that Titans defense had only 19 sacks. Defense was really bad. And it felt like that was going to happen again this season when Landry went down. Maybe not that bad, but they were going to have to manufacture pressure without just doing it with four. And the Titans already through six games have 16 sacks. 2020, they had 19 total. And Danico Autry tied for the most sacks by an interior defensive lineman with five sacks. He had two against the Colts. Jeffrey Simmons has four and a half sacks on the season. Rashad Weaver has four sacks now. They are the only team in the league with three players with four or more sacks. And then on top of that, Bud Dupree finally made an impact. He had that critical second half sack, but also hits on Matt Ryan. Uh, at the quarterback pressures, he he was a real difference maker for this team when they had to have it. And that's great to see because he's coming back from injury and he's starting to really hit his stride. And, and that's what the Titans thought they would get from him when they signed him to the big contract. And Hunt, it's not just the big contract, big money, big name guys. It's role players doing their part. We mentioned Andrew Adams. Other guys are stepping up in this four-game Titans winning streak. Yeah, man. I mean, they're doing their part, right? Like, uh, that's what I I think we keep wanting to see from the offense. The role players on offense are up front of the offensive line right now. They're doing their job. And that's 
pretty much it <laughs> on, on the defense. You mentioned Adams, but Terrence Mitchell now playing ahead of Caleb Farley, popping that football out on, on the Michael Pittman. Great challenge. By Which Trayvon. remains just awful for Caleb Farley, by the way. Yeah, right. I mean, good for Terrence Mitchell doing the most with his opportunity, but it's way more of an indictment on Farley than it is a compliment to Mitchell. Yeah. And that's all fair too. The, the thing about Mitchell though, is he's aggressive. He'll, he'll get in there and battle, you know, um, he'll, he'll fight you at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that, that, that's what they want from their defensive backs because they're going to rely on their pressure to speed up the quarterback. And then the, the aggressive play on the outside can win the one-on-one matchups in theory, they're going to give up some plays. You know, they're not going to get drilled by 15 yards off the line of scrimmage and then be wide open down the sideline. Farley was doing that. You know, I don't know if we – is David Long a role player now? No, I think he's one of their stars. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was thinking about that on Sunday with the big play. I, I watch him and how active he is, Hutton, and he's elevated himself from role player to reliable key piece to the Titans' defense, a great Titans' defense. And, I, you know, at some point, these guys elevate to another shelf. Like we just mentioned the the big money players. David Long is now at a different stage of a career where he's no longer just a piece to the puzzle. He is a playmaker within the overall scheme. You know, second interception, smart player. Uh, he's not playing every down, but when he's in there, he, he's making plays for a defense and reaping the rewards of their front four. I've been I've been really impressed by him, and then you know on the back end you've got Byard and Hooker. The, the, all the pieces are gelling defensively, and it's helping them win ball games. And this is a Tennessee Power Hour, so our focus will always be on Titans and Vols. But we got to talk about the Titans essentially breaking the Indianapolis Colts in this game, with Jim Irsay and his comments directly targeted at the Titans, the team to reach in yep. the AFC South, and then Matt Ryan being benched for the rest of the season, apparently. They've decided Sam Ellinger's the guy the rest of the way. Frank Reich's uncertain future. Uh, the Titans have destroyed the Colts with this 2-0 season record now in 2022. They got, the, Jim Irsay does not own the Colts. The Titans do. And there are multiple <laughs> yes. players multiple players that you can point to. In fact, uh, they – Congrats they own- to Amy Adams Trunk for being the only NFL owner to own two teams. Yeah. And not just one in the National Football League. Great job. I mean, think, think about the uh, how quickly this has changed and flipped. And they, they're still pointing to Andrew Luck as the reason that got this going. And that's true. They, they, they started this spiral when Andrew Luck abruptly retired. But you can't they, – they can't continue to point that way. It's not all good for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill banged up in this law or this win over the Colts. Is he going to be a loss now moving forward? We'll talk about – the leg injury to Ryan Tannehill, what that means for the Titans moving forward this season. We'll talk about Malik Willis. We'll discuss what to watch against Houston for the Titans as well. We're going to talk Vols and their win over UT Martin and give you a Kentucky preview coming up later in this Tennessee Power Hour. But more Titans talk when we come back. This is the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. We'll be back right after this. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Jonathan Hutton's breakdown of this week's Titans matchup next. 
Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Knoxville to Nashville. Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We are back on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. I'm actually going to be doing a pretty cool charity event with the Nelson Brothers and Greenbrier Distillery coming up. I'll tell you about in a future Tennessee Power Hour. Excited about that. Excited to continue talking Titans. Involves with Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow, by the way. And every time I even hear about Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, it makes me thirsty. And then I start thinking, what better to pair with a nice Tennessee whiskey than some authentic Tennessee barbecue? Hutton, you know the place to go for that authentic Tennessee barbecue. Edley's Barbecue is Nashville-style barbecue. And they are great for catering. They're great if it's just a Sunday lunch or, you know, a a random Tuesday evening as you want to swing by and grab some delicious barbecue or for the tailgate wings in 25 or 50 count platters. Perfect for your tailgate, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender Turkey, scratch made size, family style. Edley's is perfect for game day or for take home. They, They smoke all their meats low and slow. All sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. And they strive to serve the best food. They prove it one plate at a time. A neighborhood feel is what you're going to find at Edley's. A tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. And once again, I'm, I'm now both hungry and thirsty. 
Titans are hungry for a win on Sunday against the Texans, but Hutton to do that, they're going to need Ryan Tannehill, even against this Texans team. I am now officially on high alert and concerned about Ryan Tannehill moving forward. You start to hear whispers of high, high ankle sprain. I don't know how you come back the next week. It's one thing to ride it out with adrenaline and finish that game, which I still think is remarkable. Ryan Tannehill is a very physically tough dude. And if he can go at all, he is going to give it a go. But I'm worried about Tannehill, and I'm especially worried about what this offense is with Malik Willis right now and how the Titans plan an offense around him. I agree. And I think it, it goes to show the importance of why it, he went back into that game and finished that game and then left in a walking boot. And I think it shows the importance of what that game meant to the overall record and season of the Titans for him to finish that game. It was important to have the veteran savvy back there in a tight game, tight window game, which is what all of these are going to be. And I think that that's the, that's the concern now with Malik Willis is the veteran savvy and presence of Tannehill while the, the offense isn't a world beater by any means. He's going to at least get you in the right play or maybe more importantly, keep you out of a bad play. And he's not turning the football over and the way and style that we just went through in the previous segment, that is extremely important to how and the formula of how they're winning games, Chad. Tannehill has just four passing touchdowns and 64 completions in the last four games. And the Titans have won all four games. He doesn't have to have more than the 19 completions in any of those four games. And they're winning on Sunday, 13 completions, 132 yards. And they won. He had the two longest pass plays of the game over Matt Ryan. He, the two longest pass plays were from Tannehill and he threw for 132 yards. It's not, it's not pretty, right? Like, no. Malik Willis can go in and throw for 132 yards, but can he keep them out of a bad play? Can he run an offense to get you in field goal range if you need it late? That Those are the things that I don't think are being discussed enough when it comes to Ryan Tannehill versus the alternative option. And thank goodness the Texans are this week. I say that knowing that we have seen the Texans beat this team when the Titans have been at their best. But the Texans are purely awful at stopping the run. Awful. And this is the way and path to victory for the Tennessee Titans, even with Tannehill. So if he can't go, at least they, they're facing a defense where their, their formula to winning should be enough to win. And th- that's, that's the silver lining with this. But for, for, the, for the long term, th- they need him. And he's the one piece, and we've discussed this, He's the one piece that they can't lose and then expect to keep winning despite not playing at their best. Josh Jacobs totally exposed the Texans' rush defense over the weekend for the Raiders. There are some parallels when talking about Malik Willis to a discussion we'll have a little bit later on the Vols with Joe Milton, their backup, in terms of ability to get the team in the right play. The talent you can't argue with, same with Willis and and same with Milton, but are they equipped – to get the team in the right play. And just in general with Malik Willis, right? You threw out those, those passing stats, and it's not going to be that difficult for Willis to get to those numbers to give the Titans a chance to win while also not making the big mistake in the game. Can Malik Willis give them a different dimension with his ability to run? Will there be more design run calls in the game? But also hunting the fine line of calling those runs, knowing you don't have a quarterback behind him, right? I mean, if Ryan Tannehill can't go, 
you don't want to do too much running with Malik Willis because you got to have him out there and play. Yeah. I mean, they'll end up with Woodside, you know, and they'll yeah. just call him up to the practice squad. But again, like, by the way, so as I said, no quarterback behind yeah, Malik yeah, Willis. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, that's the, exactly. I mean, <laughs> like, it's just not, it's not ideal. Most, most teams, the vast majority of teams are going to say that if their starter went down, the, the game plan with Willis will be very narrow and defined on their path. They're, they're going to, I mean, Henry had 30 carries against the Colts. That that's the formula. That's, that's top of the list. Get him to 30 and, and then allow Willis to use his assets. Well, which the legs, I, I think we will see a version of Malik Willis where it is one read or maybe even half a read on passing downs. And then he's taking off. And because you saw that, and we saw that in the preseason game number one, and he evolved into more of a passer in the preseason and won the backup job doing that. But I don't want to see Malik Willis throwing to this group of wide receivers. So let's just, I think it's, it's a lot of running. It is a lot of time of possession, running clock, keeping things manageable on third down. Third and long is a nightmare for this team. They've got to stay out of third and long this week. And if they do that, they're winning in Houston on Sunday afternoon. Well, it's a great opportunity in Houston also to get to 3-0 and in the AFC South. We talked about the problems with the Texans. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're terrible at stopping the run. And the Titans have a guy named Derrick Henry that they can hand the ball off to. So what is the focal point for the Titans going into Houston Hutton, specifically around Derrick Henry and what they're going to try to get done offensively? First and second down is going to be 22. Third down should be 22 as well. Over the last three games, Chad, he has 100 carries. Um, and, and he's now got a hundred yards in three straight games and this past Sunday, 128 yards. And I thought in the second half, he got it done entering, entering Sunday in the second half, he had 94 yards total in five games. And then he had 17 carries for 75 yards against the Colts. That that's the formula for this team. And that's Derrick Henry. I, I still want to see, I think he's, he's been very close a couple of times. To the point where I'm, where I'm sitting in the press box watching, going, he's so close to that 74-yard touchdown run. And we've said that a couple times. Is it there? You know, is is it a half step slow, or is it just he's close and it's about to happen? I think it can happen this week. And if he hits the home run ball, it's it's ball game uh, in in Houston. They, the formula is the same though. Derrick Henry's going to get a ton of carries. The offensive line's going to pave the path. And it's going to be reminiscent of Eddie George type football. And it was this past Sunday as well. And that's just how they've got to get by right now. Even if Tannehill's able to go, he's going to be hobbled, right? So I don't think they want him moving very much. And when he does move, uh, it's going to be quick passes. Um, hopefully on, for their sake, what's going to be second, third, and short after a four or five yard run on first down. Hun, let's get into predictions for this Sunday. You, you walked us through some of the keys for the Titans either with Willis or Tannehill, depending on the injury situation. What do you think happens, Titans-Texans, this Sunday? I think the Titans go to Houston and win. I think it's a gritty-type game by both teams. Um, And a relatively quick game, honestly, because I think both teams are going to want to run the football. The Titans have the better defense. The Titans have better special teams. And while the, the Texans are definitely capable of throwing up with Mills and Cooks some passes that can get them in the ball game. I'm taking the Titans in this one, Chad, 21 to 10, and I'm being generous there. I, I, I think there's a big separation as, as average as the Titans have been through the first six games, seven weeks of the NFL season. The, this is the depths of the league 
in Houston. And they're young, they're raw. They've got some rookies on defense that are playing well. It's not enough, though, because the Titans defense is playing at such a high level. And you can see right here in my notes, I actually wrote down originally 21 to 10 Titans. And then I crossed it out before the show and said, no, I think it's going to be closer. I think the Titans fans are going to be sweating it out in the end. So my final pick was 21 to 16. But originally, we were on the exact same prediction. I think Titans win at 21-16. I'm with you. I also marked down this again. It could be two hours and 40 minutes, which will break the NFL's mind because they want it in that three-hour window. They'll find a way to get it there. But this one may be played in a little over two and a half hours with both teams running the ball. But I think the Titans get it done in a low-scoring, grinded-out fashion against the Texans. That's their – I mean, that's every week, right? Buckle up. It's going to be 13 to 10. I'm with you. 13-10, Titans get a late touchdown or something. Kentucky hopes it can be a low-scoring, grinded-out affair in Knoxville Saturday night. Is that possible against this Tennessee offense? We'll discuss when we come back. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. From the hockey taunts to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today. At toll free 800 900 1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at edley's barbecue you've got options wings in 25 or 50 count platters smoke pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style edley's is perfect on game day or for take home edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue order at edleysbbq.com this is the tennessee power hour with jonathan hutton and chad withrow the tennessee power hour rolls on across these wonderful stations and on your phone or mobile device as you listen on the podcast we're glad you're subscribed you can just search out tennessee power hour be able to subscribe and then share the link let people know we're here every week with a podcast that posts on tuesday evenings 
and then airs across the great state of Tennessee and North Alabama. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, and we are served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. We flip the page. We do 30 minutes Titans, 30 minutes Vols every single week, and we've reached the midway point of the show. That means we head to Knoxville, Tennessee, and Kentucky this week. And our first segment each and every week is we talk Tennessee Vols football, Chad. It's all presented by our great friends at the Regal Realty Group. Hutton Tennessee Power Hour is a simple yet successful formula. As you mentioned, half Titans, half Vols, looking back, looking ahead to next weekend's action. It's a simple and successful formula with Regal Realty Group. Hunter Briley, Richard Van Clive, these guys are going to get the job done for you and their entire team. Thrilled to have them on board with Tennessee Power Hour. I've known both Richard and Hunter for a long time. And these are the type of people you want to do business with. They're agents. They're good people. They want to work with good people. They want to network with good people. It's really that simple, and it works. So if you're looking to buy or sell your home, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make things easy for you. Hit them up at regalrg.com. Again, that website, regalrg.com. A lot to discuss this week with Tennessee as it's hard not to look ahead to Georgia with Kentucky now straight in the in the sights at Neyland. We, we will certainly preview in depth the Vols and Wildcats, but let's let's close the book on UT Martin. And what was it wasn't an off week, but it's the closest thing to it, Chad. What jumped out to you in the first half from Tennessee's perspective? Yeah, they did what they needed to do, and then some. You know, I'm thinking get up by four or five scores, and then let your your backups play the second half. Now they're up 52 to seven at halftime, and that was a game that was tied seven to seven, and I think it was 14 to seven. And then UT Martin was driving, and William Wright, the walk on, turned starter at corner, gets a big interception, and then it's over from that point on. And Tennessee just pours it on them the rest of the second half. Hinden Hooker, a very efficient, once again, this is the theme with him, 18 for 24 for 276 and two <laughs> touchdowns in the first half. I thought from a game standpoint, he looked a lot like the Hinden Hooker against Pitt. Even the deep balls were some weird pop fly type throws from Hinden Hooker you don't normally see where guys weren't really running underneath it. He was just throwing it up for grabs, and they were going up against inferior defensive backs for UT Martin and making plays, which is fine. That works. Jalen Hyatt is on a remarkable tear right now. He had seven catches for 174 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Did not play a snap in the second half of the game. Jalen Hyatt Hutton is one touchdown away from tying Marcus Nash for the all-time receiving touchdowns record at Tennessee. He's got 12. Nash had 13 in 1997 with a guy by the name of Peyton Manning throwing him touchdowns. That is a 25-season record. Jalen Hyde is almost there with five games left in the season, almost half of the season left. And he's already there. He's got 769 yards with five games left. If he gets to a thousand, he is the 10th receiver in Tennessee history to reach that mark in a season. Another one of those players was Cedric Tillman a year ago. So let's do the math on that. All the years of Tennessee football history, 10 guys have had over a thousand yards receiving and it looks like two of them are going to come in Josh Heupel's first two years. I think this is going to be more of the norm now and not some outlier. There's going to be a receiver that rises above the rest and has a 1,000 yards plus uh, for Josh Heupel in this offense. Jalen Hyde has been great, and he's done it with a little bit of everything. He can take a short pass and make a guy miss, and then he turns on those afterburners, and he's faster than everyone else. He beats safeties deep down the field. 
He's on a remarkable tear. That was my big takeaway against UT Martin. They, they came out a little bit sleepy defensively, I thought. But overall, great first half, did what they needed to do. The second half was a little bit of a different story, but I think some of that's to be expected. Yeah, and I mean, the, the second half really doesn't matter, but there are things to evaluate in that game, specifically Joe Milton. There was good and bad. And then, you know, defensively, it's a good reminder of, of where the Tennessee program is right now um, on that side of the football. Yeah, Joe Milton, the first drive was the good. Uh, he hit Walker Merrill on a beautiful throw, almost a touchdown, got down to the one-yard line. Tennessee goes for it on fourth and one with the ball to start the 50, up 52-7. to seven. I'm thinking, this is you don't want to go away from your personality. I love that move. Tennessee's going to go for it on almost any fourth and one, regardless of where they are, unless they're at their own five-yard line. Uh, they're probably going to go for it, and they reel off a 47-yard run on fourth and one with Dylan Sampson. Um, so there was some good – it's impossible to deny the physical talent of Joe Milton when you see him just effortlessly flick his wrists for long passes down the field. The issue with Joe Milton, Hutton, and I'm having a hard time evaluating this game because I don't know what he's being told when he goes out there. Uh, you can't run it right up the middle against eight and nine guys in the box. But that, to me, is the biggest question mark now. Joe Milton's going to be the guy next year. I fully believe that. He has waited his turn. There's a lot to like about him. I'm amazed that he stayed to back up Hendon Hooker when he could have gone down a level and started somewhere else, or maybe even a parallel program that needed a starter. He'd have a chance to start. He knew he wasn't going to start with Hendon Hooker in Knoxville. So I admire him for sticking with it. We got to see that ability that Hendon Hooker has of just mastering Josh Heupel's offense, of seeing the defense, of knowing what they're trying to do, and seemingly always checking into the right play. For Tennessee, that's the next level for Milton. He's not there yet. He's going to need to get there before next season. All right, let's talk Tennessee and Kentucky. The game before the Georgia matchup in Athens is a tricky one. This game, you know, is what it was supposed to be in the preseason, Chad. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it's, it's what we expected because what we expected was this was the game for second place. You're going to get to Knoxville and Tennessee's going to host Kentucky and it's a game for second place in the East for two teams that are vying for eight or nine wins on the season. Uh, it's not worked out quite as well as we thought for Kentucky. It's been pretty good. I mean, they still went to Florida right. and won. It hasn't been all bad for Kentucky, but they lose at home to South Carolina. They lose at Ole Miss. Uh, the offense is not as good as most Kentucky fans would have expected or hoped with Will Levis, who's supposedly a top draft pick at quarterback. I think the defense is probably a little better than Kentucky fans even could have imagined. So a little bit of good and bad with Kentucky, but for Tennessee Hutton, I think you've mentioned it. Getting ready for Georgia next week, knowing that you're going to have a college football playoff ranking come out the following week, and it's set up to be one versus two in that college football playoff ranking with Tennessee and Georgia. That's what you're looking at next week. It is so important to acknowledge, and I think Josh Heupel does a great job of doing this with his team. Acknowledge that this is it for Kentucky. This is now their Super Bowl. Their fan base, they are more worked up over Tennessee's success than anything else. And a chance to throw a wrench in that success and win in Knoxville is huge for this Kentucky team. And don't think that Josh Heupel doesn't take this series personally. Um, the guy's last name he's going against is Stoops for Kentucky. And his brother fired him in the low point of Josh Heupel's career. And I, I, I've watched uh, Austin Price, heard him talk about this. I've seen him write about this. As unassuming as Josh Heupel is, he keeps receipts. He kept receipts with Ty Simpson's dad this past week at UT Martin. He keeps receipts on the Stoops family also. So he is driven 
to put one on Kentucky in this game. I think Tennessee's got a chance to do that. I think if they play offense anywhere close to what they have this year, but we're going to talk about it. It is a style that could affect Tennessee negatively that you're going to see with Kentucky, very similar to what you saw with Pitt and how they tried to manage Tennessee's offense. Yeah, and we'll get to the the, the keys and the game plan coming up uh, in, in just a few minutes here on the Power Hour. Uh, interesting from this angle, too, two transfer quarterbacks, backups at programs at Virginia Tech for, for Hendon Hooker, backup at Penn State for Will Levis, and one has really developed in a system that was tailor-made for him in, in Hendon Hooker, who arrived at Tennessee not knowing that it was tailor-made for him, didn't start immediately. Meanwhile, Will Levis, and granted, he can point to he's playing for his second offensive coordinator in as many years. They are not getting the same type of production from him on a consistent basis that we've seen from Hendon Hooker. The consistency is not there, and that's a big difference in these two quarterbacks. Levis possesses the skill set, though, to let it rip, just like Hendon Hooker. This could be a fascinating matchup. So let's look at the other guys that draft next, say, are, are going to be high picks. Bryce Young, we all understand, yep. uh, the defending Heisman Trophy winner. Anthony Richardson. Hendon Hooker's had two showdowns with those two quarterbacks. Both of them played great. Anthony Richardson, I would argue, played better than he ever has as a college player in Knoxville, and Hendon Hooker still won the head-to-head matchup. Bryce Young won a Heisman Trophy and probably had his best game ever in Knoxville. Hendon Hooker won the head-to-head matchup. Hutton, it is going to take a Heisman-level performance from Will Levis in this game. He's going to have to show why people think he's the number one overall pick. I believe for, for Kentucky to have a chance at upsetting Tennessee on Saturday. Here's what I want to see from a Tennessee's defense, though. Let's not let the other quarterback have a career game one time. Let's see what this final score looks like when you let Hendon Hooker be Hendon Hooker and don't allow the other quarterback to have a career game because I really believe that's what it's going to take for Kentucky to win this game. Kentucky has a style that could give Tennessee problems. We will start there when we return on the Tennessee Power Hour. We are served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Chad Withrow's breakdown of this week's big orange matchup next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to greenbriardistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get Get you some some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And And happy happy football football season. season. 
Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Get you some Greenbrier alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton previewing Tennessee and Kentucky this Saturday at Neyland Stadium, and the Wildcats come in, Chad, with a style that that could give Tennessee problems. What areas do you immediately think of? They want to limit possessions. They, they want to play slow. Tennessee, we all know about their tempo. They're one of the fastest teams in the country. They average 50.1 points per game. And you've got Rich uh, Scarangelo at, uh, at Kentucky uh, who's, who's saying – uh, uh, Scarangelo, Scandrello. I'm going to get that eventually. I want to, I want to, I want to mix up the, uh, the consonants in the middle of that name every time you've got him saying, look, we're not a team that's going to score 30 points. That's just who we are. This is the football team designed around defense to limit possessions. Now they want to be efficient, but they're not a 30 plus point team and Tennessee's averaging 50 points per game. So Kentucky wants to slow this thing down, have seven and eight minute drives And that can affect Tennessee because I do think that when the defense is on the field for a long time, it affects Tennessee's lack of depth on defense, which there is a lack of depth. Just watch the second half of the Tennessee-UT Martin game. You can see the lack of depth on defense. But it also gets Tennessee pressing offensively when they're not out there for a while. When they get back in the game, I think that's the one time you might see Tennessee press a little bit is if the defense is allowing long drives – where Kentucky's snapping it with one on the play clock every time and trying to milk the clock. Now, the rushing attack of Kentucky is way better with Chris Rodriguez at running back. And we saw him in the last outing have 197 rushing yards against Mississippi State. But looking inside the numbers a little bit, Tennessee in in the SEC against Florida, LSU, and Bama allowed an average of 103 yards rushing in those three games. That's very good. Tennessee's second in the SEC against the run. Now, part of that is they're, they're pretty much last against the pass. So teams don't have to run it because they can pass all over Tennessee. Kentucky, though, they're averaging, and, and this factors in sacks also, and they're getting sacked a lot. They have protection issues for Will Levis. But they're averaging 134 yards on the ground per game in the SEC. But their four SEC opponents, all four, are in the bottom half of the conference in rush defense. So I think Kentucky's a good running team. They're obviously better with Chris Rodriguez, but I still give Tennessee the advantage in rush defense in this game. They have what it takes to not not let Rodriguez go crazy in, in this game. And if that happens and they're successful on first down limiting Rodriguez, then that's going to put the game on Will Levis and it's going to give Tennessee an opportunity to pin their ears back and go after Levis and send some blitzes against an offensive line that's not been good at protecting him. It's going to put pressure on the secondary, sure. Kentucky's going to take some big shots down the field with guys like Barry and Brown from Pearl Cone High School in Nashville. But I do think in terms of how this lines up, if Kentucky's going to be successful and win this game, they're going to be grinding it out on the ground, and they're going to be eating a lot of clock when they get the football. 
I think Tennessee's defensive strength makes that difficult for Kentucky, where they're going to have to throw it to have success. So if that holds with what we've seen through the first seven games for both teams, I think the advantage flips back to Tennessee with their run defense against Kentucky's strength with them running the football. Chad, another thing that comes to mind is the start of the game. Tennessee had a great start against Alabama, and it took everything, as we well know. I mean, Kentucky, to me, Tennessee needs a start similar to what they did against the Crimson Tide compared to what they did a week earlier against LSU. It was 13 nothing in that one. I don't I look at that and think Tennessee needs a bit more early on to really put Kentucky away and out of reach. Because I think if you get up on them, they're not capable of really turning it into a shootout and pulling the comeback. So I'm going to go back to a pit comparison because I do think there's some similarities with, with how Pitt's focused around defense and how they tried to attack Tennessee offensively. Uh, Kentucky's going to do some of the same things. Tennessee fell behind 10-0 in that game. They gave up their longest run of the year, 76-yard touchdown run. Pitt was driving to make it 17-0, and Trey Flowers had an interception in the end zone. And that turned the game in the first half where Tennessee had a lead at halftime. If you fall behind two scores, even if it's 10-0 in this game, it can get late early with Kentucky and how they're going to try to bleed the clock against you. But Hutton, get up to a two-score lead. Get up 14-0 in this game in the first quarter for Tennessee. It's not Bryce Young on the other side. It's not Alabama's offense. So while I think Will Levis is talented, Bryce Young had the ability down 28-10 to elude pressure and just constantly find open guys down the field. Will Levis is more likely to throw a pick six, given the same opportunities when he's trying to make plays on his own. And that would really turn the game in Tennessee's favor. So we've seen Tennessee come back before. I mentioned the pit game. It's not like it's over if they fall behind 10 or 14 nothing early in this game, but what it does, it puts the huge advantage on Kentucky to try to run the football work clock, take more chances defensively than they, than they otherwise would and try to get the big turnover that really puts the game into their favor. So if Tennessee can come out the way they have most games this year and have success early on offense, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Kentucky and that's not an offense that it's a tennis match. Oftentimes at Tennessee, and you break the other team's serve, and Tennessee's going to take advantage and score a touchdown off of it, Kentucky's not built that way offensively. So this could get ugly if Tennessee jumps all over Kentucky early. But, again, I'm not saying Tennessee loses if they fall behind early in the game, but give Kentucky some confidence and a two-score lead in the first half. It puts them in the mindset and the mode of doing exactly what they need to do in order to win at Elon Stadium. Who are some players to watch on both sides here as, as we get set for kickoff? Dane Key and Barry on Brown for Kentucky, the two young receivers. Um, if I'm testing Tennessee, I'm testing them down the field. We haven't seen a lot of people really do that consistently. I'm trying to get those guys behind the defense, and I'm taking shots with Will Levis, who is a quarterback who's capable of putting it on the money down the field for some big plays. So I think those matchups against Tennessee secondary is going to be key. Kamal Haddon should be back from his hamstring injury. Brandon Turnage is going to be a factor. William Wright the walk-on corner from Innsworth in Nashville who had a big interception against UT Martin. He's going to factor in also. But if I'm looking at pressure points to expose defensively for Tennessee, I'm attacking those guys. I'm attacking those guys, my young, speedy wide receivers for Kentucky. And I think uh, offensively for Tennessee, how does Kentucky want to do this? Do they want to play aggressive the way Stoops wants to play defensively? 
Do they want to allow one-on-ones on the outside? Do they want to give Hinton Hooker an opportunity to throw it up for grabs? To, should be Cedric Tillman coming back in this game? Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy, those guys? Or do they want to sit back in coverage and give Tennessee an opportunity to run the football? Um, it's pick your poison. I don't think there's any right decision for Kentucky in this game. I'm just curious to see how they want to play this to see if they can get quick pressure on hooker. That's what I'm guessing. I don't think Stoops is not going to be aggressive in this game. I think the matchup of, are you going to blitz? Are you going to leave guys alone on the Island on the outside, trying to hit Hinton hooker in this game, or are you going to sit back in coverage and see if Tennessee can get the, get the run game going similar to what they did at LSU uh, with Jabari small in the run game. Those are really the matchups to watch. One name I want to bring up also from the UT Martin game, squirrel white is emerging as an offensive threat for Tennessee. He had five catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. He had the long touchdown reception from Joe Milton in the second half. Also when UT Martin decided to put everyone at the line of scrimmage, he ran right past them. This feels like a game where we saw the Princeton Fant tight end yeah. touchdown pass, which by the way, remarkable throw for a tight end with pressure in his face. He put it on the money to Jalen Hyatt. I feel like we're going to see squirrel white do something in this game. And I think there's going to be a concerted effort to get him the ball in space or try something different with him. Uh, Josh Heupel didn't do that by accident with that tight end pass. Now people are saying, why would you show that? I'm thinking they're showing that because next time it's going to be something different. Is squirrel white part of something different in this game offensively, a new wrinkle for Tennessee. That's an individual player to watch in this game. Chad prediction time. What are you going with this Saturday? I've gone back and forth with this on whether or not this is going to be a close game. I think Kentucky's going to have a chance to win or if Tennessee just runs them out of the building. I'm going to go with Tennessee runs them, runs them off the field. I, I look at last year with these two teams, and a lot has changed for the better for Tennessee, and I don't think it's changed for the better with Kentucky. They lost three great offensive linemen. Wondell Robinson is not there to make plays for them anymore offensively. I think Tennessee gets out to an early lead, and I think they expose Kentucky – uh, defensively where they haven't been exposed so far this year. And I think offensively Kentucky just doesn't have enough to hold serve with Tennessee. Hutton, I'm going to go Tennessee 42 Kentucky 24 in this game. And Tennessee covers what is right now a 13 and a half point line. I do think that Kentucky shows up early in this. I think Tennessee puts it away late and I, I have a feeling there's a, there's a kick return for a touchdown. There's an interception or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. There's something that separates the score. I'm taking Tennessee 41 and Kentucky. I'm giving them 24 points in this. I, I think they separate it late and then Tennessee puts it away in the fourth quarter. So um, you go 41, 24, I go 42, 24. And we had the exact same and, Titans prediction until I changed it. So Chutton is coming alive. We're here and we'll be back next week. Yes, yes. And enjoy the football. We've got Titans, Texans. We'll have Vols and Wildcats reaction on the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. <laughs>